This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Big welcome to our online audience. I know a lot of you are watching from down at the shore. So hello to all of you. And we're going to hold on to that. We're going to answer that question in the second part of the service. And I think the answer is going to surprise you. Now, for those of you who are here for the first time, this is our service. We're looking at I choose. Last week, we looked to ask. This week, we're looking at the idea that our job is to to listen. And we're going to talk about how being reborn connects with that. Next week, we're looking at what it means to do. And the idea of rebirth means this, is that we're all kind of set in our lives and, and we, think our, we think our lives are a certain way. And, and you know, we, we tend to live these divided lives. We don't feel like we really are who we are. I imagine a lot of us struggle with that. Like, how do I really live a life of integrity where I can feel God's spirit moving through me? And when we feel God's spirit moving through us, we just have peace. And that's it. very essence of heaven is that peace. But a lot of us are in this dichotomy, this split. I like this little cartoon for the cat lovers out there. It says a little missing poster. Missing. Answers to Cupcake. Uh, the cat's friend said, hey, isn't that you? I thought you said your name was Thor. Uh, must be a typo or something. <laughs> that's really good, just so you know. I feel like that, that's, a, that's a Lynn Doyle one there. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, that's what we sort of want. We want. We want to sort of have a name. We want it to somehow have integrity with who we are. And, and that's where we can start to feel life in a, in a very rich and meaningful way. We, we feel like yeah, our name matches up somehow. So we're going to look at a story about somebody who's coming more and more into their own. Now, I'm going to step over here for a minute to show you a ladder to kind of get it set up. And we used this ladder last week. We're looking at a story about a man named Nicodemus. And I realize that's big polysyllabic terminology, but could we say Nicodemus together? Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, Nicodemus was, was, he was at the very top of the social ladder, way back in the time when Christ was alive. He was a Pharisee, in other words, a clergy member, member of the Sanhedrin, which was, he was a member of the ruling council. He would have worked directly with the Roman occupiers, and he sort of would have been a liaison to the Jewish people at that time. So he was at the very top. But for some reason, despite having taken all these steps up, it wasn't working. And isn't that interesting? Like, it's a whole line of thought, like, yeah, why wasn't it working for him? He had it all. He had everything. But for some reason, it wasn't working, even though he had climbed as high as anybody possibly could. And so what happens was he goes to visit, he hears about Christ, he starts to see signs. Now, we looked at that last week. He starts to see signs. He didn't hear a great sermon. He started to see signs. He started to see Christ going around doing these healing things. And again, folks, I imagine it wasn't just, you know, Nicodemus watching Christ like heal somebody of blindness or, or helping somebody to walk. It would have been wa- watching the, the other forms of healing, the ripples. You know, how people's lives were being changed by this very different way of looking at the world. So what he does was he was bright enough to know that he had to get off of his ladder. And he had to take this particular posture right here. He had to come and sit at Jesus' feet and listen. And that was the typical way of a, of a student-teacher relationship. Like anytime you hear in the New Testament that somebody is sitting in another person's feet, that's just the way it would be like saying we were in school. That's how we would say it. That's how they would say it. 
So you notice the complete, I want to draw attention. Do you notice the complete inversion here? Please say yes. Yes, it's a complete inversion. Where it's not that Christ has climbed to the top. It's that Nicodemus has humbled himself and has sort of put Christ in a much higher place, knowing that he has something to learn. And again, this is from a man, Christ at this time would have been called a peasant. Like a peasant. They want to say that, a peasant. Like no big deal. And this beautiful inversion takes place. That's where we're picking up the story today. We looked at it last week. We're going to come back. We're going to look at it again because it does deal with choice. And the choice comes down to this question here, folks. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, it's interesting, a little aside, I don't know where this goes. I just throw it out there. It said no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. It's, it's kind of interesting because Nicodemus was already seeing the kingdom of God. Like the kingdom of God is here and now, right? Yes, in the new church, we believe in heaven. And we believe our job, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. That our job is to take these higher ideals and to really live them. To live them from the lacrosse field, to work, to marriage, to all these different places. So, so he's saying, yeah, you know, if you, if you see the kingdom of God, you're able to see it because you're reborn. So it sort of has a hint there that something's already been going on for Nicodemus. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So, so it's just like, it's this literalist. Like, I don't get it. That makes no sense at all. What's interesting about this, folks, to me, is looking at the response. Now, I'm going to read the response here to you. And I want you to hear it this way. Like, Nicodemus puts this out there. Like, how can that happen? Impossible. Tell me how that could work. Most of the time, folks, when somebody starts a question with how, how do I, how do I, how do I, even if we don't know the answer, especially the guys in the room, even if we don't know the answer, we give one. And we give a list. Like, how do I put on a new roof? Well, number one, you do blah, blah, blah. I've never put on a new roof, but I could tell you how to do it. All the guys, please raise your hand. All right. How, how do we, uh, you know, how do I get to Maniac? Well, you go that way and then you take a right. You know, we, we, we answer the how with a list. So I want you to hear this a little differently. I think that when that happened, uh, you know, that, that Nicodemus said this. And then I imagine this being where, where Christ just gave a little pause, a little delay. He didn't launch right into an answer. And I think he smiled. A bright warm, healing smile. And then he offered these words. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Spirit also means wind there, by the way, folks. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit or the wind gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell. This is key. You can hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So it's this beautiful reply. Like here's Nicodemus going, what does rebirth mean? And Christ doesn't go one, two, three. He answers in this total counterintuitive, beautiful way. This is how he answers it. 
No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Water, that part, that, that truth in our life, you know, that, that, that deep wisdom, like we start to get that deep wisdom and then the spirit, God's love starts to move through us and we start to get a sense of it. And then it goes on to say this. You should not be surprised. Like, don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. It is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, it's interesting. You must be born again. Look at that line. You must be born again. The, please say the W word there. The wind. The wind. And that's fascinating. It's fascinating. Right? It's not a list of how to. It's, 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 here's Nicodemus like, all right, I've, I've studied, I've studied religion my whole life. I have done life perfectly. I know all the rules. I know all the laws. I could list them. Want to see me right? You know, he could do all that. And here's Christ going like, whoa. Yep, it is about being reborn. And that's going to happen. And it's going to happen like the wind. It's going to happen like the wind. See, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I feel like in life we can hold a couple dichotomies here. Nicodemus was seeing this as a problem. Christ is inviting him into a mystery. That's really important. Nicodemus was seeing it as a problem. Christ was inviting him into a mystery. A problem is something that we set ourselves over and against. Here I am, there's the problem, how do I have a solution? A mystery, though, a mystery is something that we step into. That's why in the new church we talk about, now it's permitted to enter into the, those of you who are new church know this quote, now it's permitted to enter into the mysteries. That, that this is what this is about. It's about stepping into a story and stepping into these beautiful mysteries. And it's not mysteries like I have no clue what's going on. It's a mystery because it just moves. It moves us and it moves the world in beautiful, incredible, amazing ways. The movement of it, like the movement of the wind. Not sure where it's coming from, not sure where it's going to, but there's, but there's a blessed curiosity there. What it's talking about, this next line, I think really captures it. What cannot be grasped, I can't say that word, grasped, but is, please say it, but is essential. What we can't grasp, but is essential. Now, as the band comes out, like, like, think about how that might show up for you. Think about where that answer might be and how that might connect for you in terms of being reborn. There's so much of life that, that we just can't grasp. You know, last night I had this beautiful wedding and, and, you know, we're sitting there and, and then like the grooms always get worried. The number one worry a groom has is, are they going to cry? I would get that question all the time. Like, Chuck, what if I cry? And I'm like, I'm going to cry. You're fine. And guess what always happens during a wedding? I cry. I don't even know why. I don't even know why. Like I'm holding a couple's hands and I'm telling them about what all this can be. And I'm telling them certain decisions. I'm crying. Like that's nuts. That's nuts. But that's the spirit. That's the wind. No idea where it comes from. No idea where it's going to. I don't go up front there to do a wedding and thinking and look on my cue cards and it says, now time to cry. Doesn't work that way. It just gets us. A little aside, how many of you have had an Olympic moment where we watched the Olympics and we cried at something? 
right? All the time. I mean, Usain Bolt smile. I cried at that. That's the wind. That's what Christ is pointing. I want to be clear. Do you get that's where he's pointing us? That's the answer. It's counterintuitive. But boy, when we start to understand how those winds blow, boy, does it get beautiful. So when, when we look at those, those winds and that idea that, you know, that the wind's going to blow us and, and move us and, and just we need to understand that idea of spirit, it's just it's such a stinking beautiful answer. You know, it really is. Like, like we all sort of want to read the tea leaves. You know, we want to sort of know. We want to know. I remember all the time, you know, as, as when I was a teenager, like, God, please just, just give me a glimpse of exactly what life's going to look like. If you show me everything and then I'm going to win the lottery, we're all good. I'll be just fine from then on out. But that's not the kind of answer he gives. He gives, I mean, it's just, it's, it's simply stunningly beautiful. Talking about being reborn and talking about the spirit moving through us and, and, and the water, you know, being born again of water, of deep wisdom given to us by God. And, and, and the spirit of God, which, you know, hovering over the water, that's the creation story. And that, that, that spirit, which is the, is the spirit of love and, and that moving through us. And we're never quite sure when it's going to show up or where it's going to show up. Here's the crazy part. We can't manufacture it. Thank you, God. (laughs) People do try to. That becomes addiction. And we're being invited to something far different, something incredibly powerful. It's interesting because I think what human beings want is we want, if you're like me, we want a system. God doesn't offer us a system. He offers us a story. He offers us a story. And our job is, are we going to inhabit our story? Where he has placed us, the plot that we have. And we can actually inhabit that place. The practice of acting gets really tiresome. The practice of acting gets really tiresome. And that's what this invitation is to. See, what it's talking about here, folks, is, is a couple of anchors. It's talking about an illusion of a certain kind of anchor. Can we say illusion of anchors? Illusion of anchors. There's, there's these certain kind of anchors that we create in our life with a small a. You know, that's what we believe. Like, we really want to anchor our life this way, this way, this way. Obviously, Nicodemus, when we look at this ladder, he had anchored his life in certain ways. He'd anchored his life around a certain form of education, a certain status, a certain connection with the Romans, a certain this, a certain that. He had all these anchors. And what Christ was saying, those anchors were not actually creating stability. They were actually weighing him down. You have to understand that, Nicodemus. This stuff, this, this ladder that you put all this energy into, it's actually weighing you down. And so I want you to understand a much more important anchor. Not an anchor that weighs you down, but an anchor that can actually start to settle us into some beautiful, beautiful ways. A new anchor where we're conscious without contracting. Conscious without contracting. Now, it's easy, again, to kind of leave this stuff up here, kind of a 10,000-foot view as, as we learn to let God, learn to let go and to trust God's intelligence. It's easy to kind of leave it way up here, where it's like, what does that exactly mean, Chuck? 
Well, I'm going to show you what that means with a couple of volunteers who are going to come forward right now, and then I'm going to explain it from down here. So please give our two volunteers a warm round of applause as they come forward. Mark, that's you and Luke. guys are way nervous. You got to stand right here front and center so everybody can see you, including in Germany and Florida. So, I, you know what? Mark, Mark sent out this beautiful picture. All right. Mark sent out this beautiful picture. We're, on, we're in a small group together. He sent out this wonderful picture. Isn't that a beautiful flower? You know, that's a pretty flower. And, and Mark, like, then he texted this wonderful thing to all the people in his small group. And I didn't have Mark read what he texted. So walking my pups up at the gardens, the community gardens today, and saw this incredible flower and its colors. A guy that works for me does magic. He literally does great magic and is really good. And I always ask him how his tricks work. <laughs> and, and he shows me that, you know, how he does some and they make sense and they're logical. And I say, I get it. And then I thought about this flower and said, that is one hell of a magic trick. And looked up and asked how he did it. And I heard, don't worry about it, just enjoy it. Have a day filled with moments and enjoy them to the fullest. Give them a round of applause. Wasn't that good? I was was gonna say a, a friend in the same group said it takes somebody very comfortable with their masculinity to write about a flower. And I am. And to talk about it online. So, so there you go, right? Like a flower or had this big thing. And I love, I love sort of the tongue in cheek part of that. Like, yeah, you know, like just don't worry about it. Just enjoy the thing. Like that's why it's there, right? Can you hear the wind there? Please say yes. Can you hear the wind? Yeah. Did he go out there? Did, did Mark go out in the morning thinking, honey, this morning I'm walking the dogs. I'm going to observe a flower and have a religious experience. Did he go out there doing that? No. Could we scream the wind? Could we scream the wind? The wind, the wind did it. The wind did it. Like he just sort of showed up and it happened. And then of course it was funny watching how the conversation went on. So in this group, we all sort of uh, started to respond to Mark and, and honestly, like my initial reaction was like, wow, Mark's pretty self-aware of what's going on in his surroundings. <laughs> and, and then I, like that was the initial and then, it, you know, as the day went on and I think we sort of conversed a little bit more, started to realize like it's, he, Mark wasn't at all self-aware. In fact, he was more open. Like he was literally letting that wind come through him, literally letting God uh, flow through him. And, and that's just, com- I, and, you know, I guess my small young mind, like that is much bigger than self-awareness, much bigger than just throwing the blinders on as we do day to day and and choosing like, yes, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to go do this and this and this. But forgetting that, like, that choice and just being open to the wind, letting almost a, a God perspective, right? Like a complete openness allow us to, to see a flower that we may not see originally. Um, and I just thought that was, we thought it was so beautiful. Yeah, so. it was great. It was great. And then this is what, just hold that for a sec. And then this is what, uh, see if my phone, I can get on my phone here real quick. And this is what Allie, this is what Allie wrote, who's watching us from out in, out in Pittsburgh today. Um, I wish I could contribute to this when I said, could you come in and talk? The hard times in life have given me a new set of eyes. God shows up everywhere, everywhere for me. 
I have adopted the belief that God is in everything. So I am feeling disconnected or so when I'm feeling disconnected or frustrated that God forgot about allowing my agenda, it is helpful to remember he knows more than me. And in the end, I'm glad he didn't consult me. And that's good. Nothing is an accident. It becomes a wonderful game of where is Waldo? <laughs> Give these folks a round of applause. Now I want to show you folks a video here, and, and you are welcome to actually sing with this video. Because I wanted you to really get a sense of how the wind moves in ways that are just a mystery. Uh, this is Bobby McFerrin. As you see him do this, you're going to be thinking Marcus could do that, and yes, he could. It's, it's pretty cool to watch. Feel free to sing with it. Even if you want to stand up and actually mimic him, you're more than welcome to or not. So take a look at this video and think again. Yeah. That is how the wind moves. Take a look and enjoy. Talking about expectations? Expectations. Watch. Ba, 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 Regardless of where I am, 
anywhere, every audience gets that. But it doesn't matter, you know, that's just, you know, the pentatonic scale for some reason. If you're looking for a job in neuroscience, I think... <laughs> Was that a fun video or what? You know, you got to love that. Like, how, how do people know that? How do we know to sing along like that? How do we know to enjoy it? How, how, do, how does it make us laugh and smile? Could you see the wind? See, that kind of dance, I think that is what Christ is inviting us to. That kind of dance, that kind of letting go of control. So, back to the first question I asked you when we started church. How many cell divisions are there in the human body per second? Who wants to shout out an answer? Who said that? Who said it? Somebody said it. Don't be shy, there's free pizza. (laughs) Two million per second. Folks, did you hear that number? Two million per second. How much of that do you control? Zero. Welcome to your life. (laughs) Two million per second. That is miraculous. That's the wind. That's something we can't quite grasp, right? I mean, there's, there's no possible way to get that. And, and God does give us those things that are in our control. I mean, obviously. But there's, it's just the tip of a huge iceberg of which he is doing so much work just underneath it. And that's why we can learn to let go, trust God's intelligence, to be reborn, and to find a new anchor. And that anchor looks like Bobby McFerrin singing. It looks like Mark with this with seeing a flower. It looks like Luke describing that beautifully. It looks like me crying at Kathleen and Fletcher's wedding. Darn it. It looks like all of those things. That's where we can start to find life like anew. And it's, it's why for me, folks, like getting into arguments that are apologetics about Christianity, this form this versus that form, I, I don't care. I, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't light me up. I don't think that's where we'll ever find it. I don't think we'll ever get to a good enough argument, quote unquote. We're all questions dissolved, but this is what I know. I know that wind is so good. Because I see it again and again and again. Even in times that are incredibly difficult. We all know that song. We all know it. And so as we pull this all together, we've been looking at the three Ps here. That we start life, just like Nicodemus, with a certain projection of God, a certain way we believe that God is. And, And unfortunately, we oftentimes set that God up to look exactly like us. Loving only those things we love, voting only the way we vote, being exactly who we are, loving the people we love, hating the people we hate. That's a very transactional view of God. Christ in his word is constantly telling us stories. That's why we need to keep going back to his word. 
why it's not outdated, even though it's thousands of years old. Because we need to keep going back to those stories. Because what those stories, I have you say the second word, what those stories become is they become a, a projectile. They become something that, not that we shoot out. I mean, if you're using this as a projectile out there to hit other people, bad on you. But what we can use, and we can look at these stories and get it, get that it's actually incoming. <laughs> not outgoing. It's incoming. It's incoming and it's here to actually be a projectile that blows apart our projection of who God is. And boy, it's a much better story. And then when those things happen, then we knew, then we learn, please say the final one, a brand new form of participation. Brand new form of participation. Because, because folks, like, like we just settle into who we are. We're not worried. We're not concerned about feeling dumb or stupid or out of our league. If we're tired, we're tired of this. We're tired of living a divided life. We're tired of living a divided life. That's why integrity is, is, the, is the sort of the consummate virtue of all of this. And then we're able, just like music, to just live out into these very active lives. And it may not be, you know, curing cancer. Again, I, I have to keep saying that. Oftentimes, this participation around those issues of ultimate concern are oftentimes very small. Taking your kid to the park, going on a walk with your spouse, texting somebody after church who you love and you just want to tell them you're thinking about them. It's not all grandiose, but it is a participation that ready for this, folks, it shows a new way of seeing God. Like the three Ps start to wrap, wrap around each other. Now we start to have a projection of God, but it's just very different. It's not a projection of God that's kind of like a movie screen. It's a projection of God where I participate in those things of ultimate concern and I project God just like I project a voice. It's a sharing. It's a moving out there. It's a connection and it's a beautiful connection. Look at these words from New Church Theology. Good intentions. This is, this is sort of it in a summary. Good intentions realized in good actions. And that's number one. Can we take our best intentions, move them into good actions? Unite these two for a good, please say the P word there, unite these two for a good, for a good purpose. And guess what you find? You find eternal happiness. How long will that happiness last? Forever. It's eternal. That's the beauty of what we're talking about here, folks. And as we do that, we start to see rebirth very differently. What we start to see, and again, I come back here to New Church Theology about rebirth. We see this. From infancy to the end of life, even to eternity, the good person is being born again every, every moment. Every moment you're being reborn. In the New Church, we don't divide science from religion, which a lot of people do, and I think that's way unfortunate. So when I say that you have how many cell divisions per second in your body? Two million. Could you make the argument you're being reborn every single second? Yeah, you could easily make that argument. Of course. Of course. Of course. If it's true spiritually, it's going to be true in the world. 
I mean, we're just a reflection. Our human bodies are just a reflection of heaven. That's it. So of course we're being reborn every second. The earth is being reborn every second. When were you born? You can say comfortably now. (laughs) How long ago was the earth made? Now. And I think, folks, when we start to get that, I think it can start to open up our souls and we can start to understand the I choose part very differently. Because we're not choosing anymore to have it all figured out. We're choosing to be reborn. We're choosing to be moved by water and spirit. We're choosing to sit at the feet of Christ and we're choosing to listen to that story again and again. We're choosing to live into the mystery and we're choosing. We're choosing in this way that just gives me chills even saying this. We're choosing to be moved by the wind. By the wind. So this week, look for it. It'll be there. This week, feel it. It will be there. This week, look at a flower and enjoy it. And let the wind move through you. I don't, doesn't matter what you pick, but just let's have some discipline around that. And start to feel what that rebirth really starts to look like in our hearts. Amen. Now I'm going to offer a prayer. After I offer this prayer, you'll have the opportunity to say your own prayer. To say the Lord's Prayer as you know it. Or to simply have a moment of quiet reflection. Before I launch into that too, I I do want to make a special invite for next week, by the way. I almost forgot. Next week, we're very fortunate. I'm going to be preaching a large part of the service. Bronwyn Henry will also be joining us. Many of you know her. She's going to be talking about sort of her journey through cancer into finding a new passion of painting. In other words, we're going to look again at how the wind moved and what rebirth looked like in somebody's life, and they'll be speaking to that. That'll be next Sunday. So great to have you folks here. Please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, allow this to be a week where we are moved by the wind. Not always needing to know where it comes from, not always needing to know where it goes to, but knowing that the wind meets us where we are as we are and moves us. That simply, Lord, moves our heart, moves our soul, moves our spirit, moves our lives. And allow, Lord, somehow in ways that are miraculous for that to be the answer of rebirth, of rejuvenation, of regeneration. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for that sure knowledge that you are with us, that you hold us, that you love us, and that you care for us. Be with this congregation this week. Be with us in the wind. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 